Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And welcome to the End in Mind podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin, the owner of Meraki Media Management. The End in Mind is a place where we come to share stories, tips, and strategies of many entrepreneurs, creatives, business owners, and just some people that aren't willing to live the traditional lifestyle. We talk about how to live outside of the box today and how to incorporate what really is important in your life to keep that end goal always in mind. Again, if you would like to reach out to me in any type of way, you can find me on Instagram at Meraki underscore media underscore management. And I hope to hear from you all soon. Thanks so much and enjoy our show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The End in Mind. I am your host, Caitlin. I am so excited to have a lovely guest here with me today. Thank you so much for being here, Charmaine. I'm so excited to get to know you more and also share with our guests everything, all the lovely things that you do. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yay, of course. Thanks so much for your time. So can you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself, how you got into entrepreneurship? I love your story, so I know they will as well. Oh, thank you. Yes. So hello, everyone. My name is Charmaine. I'm a weight loss coach for women entrepreneurs. And yeah, I never thought in my life I'd ever be an entrepreneur. Kind of crazy. Um, I was actually a registered nurse for eight years, like a psychiatric nurse in a hospital. So I worked with patients who had depression and bipolar and uh, Alzheimer's, like the whole spectrum of life was who I was working with. So yeah, when I was working as a nurse, um, basically, I realized that one day, it literally just felt like one day I went to the doctor's office and they're like, oh, yeah, you're pre-diabetic. And I'm like, oh, what? Excuse me? (laughs) And I was like healthy. I was a personal trainer. I was working out a lot. I had all the muscles and yet still I was pre-diabetic. So mm-hmm. that that really woke my woke me up to looking at what I'm eating and realizing like how much I'm turning to food for so many reasons, like not just to eat, but also to to cope with stress, to like for boredom, for entertainment. So that just set me on this whole journey of looking at what I'm using food for, changing my relationship with food, and then ultimately um, helping other women do the same. I love it. Oh my gosh. So 
what was that like, you know, cause here on the end of mine, like I recently was diagnosed with PTSD. So I talk mm. a lot about what that was like, you know, I'm like, how I didn't even know that I had PTSD. I had no clue that I even had trauma, you know, on some level. So it's a huge blow when you get a diagnosis and it can sometimes really hurt us in the sense of like starting our journey from scratch, you know, but ends up leading us to more success. At least that's what I believe. So I would love to know like what that was like, you know, when you first got this pre-diagnosis. Yeah. Like it was kind of like what you're saying. It was like shocking. It, it really does feel like a blow just because I was, I, I thought to myself, I was healthy. That's the thing about um, data, right? Like, like tracking your money or tracking your weight or tracking your labs, right? Like the thing about data is that it doesn't lie. It's just, this is the measurement of where you're at, you know? And sometimes it's just nice to see what's going on. Like when your mind isn't like biased in any way. Cause I was really biased, like thinking I was good with my eating, but the truth was I was actually eating things that weren't serving my body that were making me like I was overeating foods that were processed or sugary. And especially when I was stressed and I had no idea I was doing those things. So, so it was a big blow, but like you said, when you have that awareness, even if it stings and feels really shocking and it could be really painful in the beginning, like that awareness of where you're at is what will help you have growth and um, will help you ultimately have less pain down the road. Cause especially for you, like having a PTSD diagnosis, that's really shocking. Um, but you having that awareness will help you get the help you need for that. So um, I'm just grateful I had that awareness because if not, I don't even know where the heck I'd be with my health. So um, it was a blessing in a very uncomfortable way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Because you were also then prompted to change your lifestyle. And what was that part of the journey? Like, you know, I know for myself, there's lots of ups and downs, you know, that come with that. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it requires you to change everything that was a, a comfort to you in some way before. So especially for me, I was using food a lot to cope with stress. So it it challenges you to look at life a different way. And to, for me specifically, it was challenging me to handle adversity in a different way because uh, the when I went to the root of it, when I went to like looking at the workplace and being like, okay, why am I wanting to eat when I'm stressed out? Like it, it just goes, it goes deeper than the food. Like there's more reasons behind it. And for me, it, I realized like, oh, I'm just wanting to eat to avoid conflicts with staff members. Like that was usually one of the biggest things for me. Um, to avoid uh, having hard conversations with some people. And when I had to eliminate food as the way to escape those conflicts, uh-huh. I just had to learn how to communicate better and how to be a better leader. And that helped transform my leadership skills. And it helps with my business too. So uh, it was very painful, but <laughs> it was it was worth it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Totally. I feel like that's how like a lot of us would describe our journey. So like, I appreciate your honesty because even though that's how we all feel, we don't always share, you know, the part of it that is not the easiest and, you know, getting really uncomfortable too, which it sounds like 
that experience must have been so different for you. It's like, oh, now I'm not going to go here and do what I'm really used to doing and where I like to be, right? Where our brains, our egos, whatever we want to call it, tell us that is our comfortable level. And now going out and having these conversations and like attacking them head first was probably pretty scary. You know, I can only imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I had to change like everything. I had to change how I was eating. I had to start cooking because I never cooked before and I it just required me to look at food in a completely different way like I started doing other things like eating less sugar eating no no starchy foods because I had to reverse my um my blood sugar levels and stuff like reverse my pre-diabetes so um I had to look at food in a different way just kind of like oh actually these certain foods that you think were healthy are actually not quite as healthy so um it, it was like literally like my whole your whole concept it's like, imagine if you thought the sky was blue all your life. And then you're, if somebody is like, oh, no, dude, that's not blue. That's like green. I'm like, what? Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> you know, so it's very discombobulating. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. And especially like which I, I find just crazy is like you have your background in nursing, you know, like you have your degree in nursing. So I'm sure you're like, Hey, I know all of this. Like, this is like what uh, on some level, what I help my patients with, like, even though you were dealing with, you know, probably the more brain psychiatric, it sounds like more than the physical, but it's all connected on some level. Right. So I'm sure you were like helping your clients and then it's like, wait, what's going on? You know, complete change. Right. Right. And, and yeah, it's all connected. Like the, the psychiatric unit, like, like everyone has medical issues in the psych unit and it's all, it's all connected in that way. But, but yeah, it's, it was just, it was just really challenging to see how like one perspective, like something that you think is your truth all your life is actually not the truth. Cause it's like, what's actually happening in reality is not what you think it is. Yeah, that that was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) No, I like relate to it so much. And I'm sure our listeners do too, because even if they haven't had a diagnosis, it's kind of like they're coming to our show to hear about personal development, what it's really like. And I feel like you perfectly described it. It literally feels like someone's telling you the sky is green and it has been green your whole life, but you know, for a fact that it's blue, right? Like you're trusting in your eyes, the whole thing, and it's completely different. So yeah, I just think that that's a perfect description of what it really is like when you first have that like awareness going into your healing journey, like whatever journey that may be you know right right that's how I felt too like when I started going into like life coaching and personal development like that's I I felt like I was literally in this whole world that I was just like wow I did not know about anything like just the fact that we could manage our thoughts and we we could we have like more agency over our life than we think like other people and other our circumstances don't have to um determine our results like things like that um that's how it it felt kind of coming into personal development journey too. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Right. Cause you had this situation occur. And then was that when you really started embarking on entrepreneurship as well? Like when your health journey started or was it later? Oh no, that's a great question. It it was, it did go hand in hand because the thing that happens, which I think is so great about self-help and personal development is when you start, when you stop going to external things to, to feel better or to solve your problems, um, you have to look internally. And I never did that before. And when I stopped going to food to feel better, 
I was exposed to this internal world, like all this stuff going on in my head, in my emotions, all this stuff that I had no idea had been running in the background for like all my life. And it's just crazy when you're aware, like, okay, if you can't escape with food or if you can't avoid things with food, it's just like, okay, what's going on in my mind, in my body? And I had no awareness of that before. So when I did start having more awareness of that, it started actually feeling really uncomfortable because it revealed to me a lot of the insecurities and doubts I had in myself. And I, I hadn't like been super aware of it, but it would just get to the point where it got so uncomfortable that I, I just started Googling things online and I had a lot of self doubts and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know how to deal with this. So then I just found this podcast um, on self doubt by the life coach school. And that's what sort of started me on this journey on knowing about life coaching. And um, that was like a life-changing moment. Uh, Oh my gosh. That's so cool that it was like through a podcast too. That's not the first time that we've heard that on this show actually. And that like, that was actually one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to start a podcast because I feel like free information is like the most important part of us starting on our journey. It kind of shows us that it's possible like by hearing other people do it. So that's awesome that you experienced that and you like went for it and dove head first into finding solutions. You know, I think so many people and like speaking for myself as well, like prior to digging into my own emotions as well, like I didn't even think that there was solutions to the problem. You know, it was like, this is just life. Like life is what it is and we have to learn to accept it on some level, right? Like that was, I was raised. So like that was literally the mindset that my family ancestrally was giving me. So it was like, oh no, there's this world of all of these badass women and men online, like making money and like actually super happy. Like they can have the life of freedom by also building a business, like all from their laptop. Like I didn't even think that that was a possibility. So I completely relate to you on that level. It's like, how do we even get this message out if we're not sharing it for free on some level, you know, so like we can all start to relate because I think we all have these beliefs somewhere, but it's difficult, Mm -hmm. like you said, to uncover them. Right. Yeah. Especially with trying to like, first of all, I agree, like sharing free information, like it's very transformative. Like I was so thankful that the podcast I listened to that they put the information out there. It really like the content we put, like it really can transform someone's life. So like I said, like I was a nurse for eight years when I was a nurse. uh, Something that you said just now is like, before I learned about personal development, it's just like you think the world is just as it is, right? So when I was a nurse, I just thought I was stressed. And I thought I was stressed because of everyone around me. And I just was like, I'm just stressed. So the solution to my stress is to change my job. So I was looking into other jobs like personal training. And then when I did my personal training job, that's when more of my securities insecurities were coming up like about self-doubt um and it was just so crazy to me because I was like oh I thought changing a job and doing something I liked would make me feel better but then I realized oh I could still feel bad even in this other job and then that was really kind of like crazy to me because I was like oh my god I thought the solution was I need to just change my job because my job is the thing making me feel miserable but it really showed me for the first time in my life, like, oh, no, like, there's something else that's making me feel miserable. I'm like, oh, my God, it's like my brain. And this yeah. kind of like, opened up my whole mind to this 
whole idea that, wow, what the heck? Like our brain is what is linked to our feelings about ourselves, And, and I never even heard about that sort of concept before. So um, that was crazy. And that sort of got me started like toward the life coaching route. And then eventually like leaving nursing and going to entrepreneurship full time. But, but yeah, that, that kind of started just like, oh, wow, it's not the job that makes me feel good. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can like, I love that you said that. Cause I don't think that we've ever unpacked this thought on the end in mind. Like even just saying something like your job isn't making you miserable. Like it's your brain. Like it is literally that simple, but because of society, whatever we want to call it beliefs, you know, piled on top of one another, like it actually just is the simplest thing that we just need to figure out what's going on up here, meaning like in our brain for our listeners that are just watching audio, not visually. Um, <laughs> I'm like touching my head. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's, it's strange. Like you have been told again, your whole life that it's the job, it's the circumstances, it's the situation. But then you realize it's like, oh, but if I change my situation and I change my circumstances, then I can actually even start to change my mindset, which I would say is really what you help your clients do. So how do you help them navigate? Like at times, is it best for them to get a new job? And does that sometimes spark things for them or help them change, you know, their thought processes? Or is it really just come down to those underlying beliefs before anything? Like it depends. Like um, I, I help my clients on weight loss and like sometimes like if you could, like sometimes changing situations or circumstances, like sometimes it could be useful. Sometimes things are very focused on like the physical world, like the food you're eating and whatnot. But but the thing that makes weight loss permanent is looking at your thoughts about food, looking at your relationship with food. And um, if you if you realize that, you know, like you can eat all the healthy food you want, like you could you could do low carb or paleo or whatever, but you could still always overeat because of a reason in your mind. And so even if you change your diet or you work out a ton, even if you're doing those things, but you're still not getting the results you want, there's probably that's when you have to look at what are your thoughts in the way? Like, what are you thinking about yourself? Like, why are you wanting to turn to food? Um, yeah. Even when you're not hungry. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting to hear you say that because I'm like trying to think about myself. Like I know there's moments that I do this, you know, like I just think everybody probably does on some level, but like you said, it's really like the mindset, like we don't have <laughs> do that. We don't have to lean towards food. Like for me, it's always around my time of the month. Like, oh yeah, I need some chocolate. Like I've made it through the day, which I saw your post the other day. And I loved that you mentioned that, like stop rewarding yourself with chocolate, like reward yourself with something else. So can you tell us what your rewards are like now? Like, do you reward yourself with anything? What does that look like? Right. That was, I mean, that was really tricky for me for a long time. I mean, just for a long time, like this is the number one thing I hear from entrepreneurs, by the way, because I, I coach entrepreneurs and the number one struggle they have with food is usually they tend to reward themselves at the end of the day with chocolate or wine or something. And it makes sense. We work so hard and it's nice to just relax. And a lot of us have learned that food is a source of reward. It's like a treat, you know, and and so part of like unlearning that is to help you see, like, first of all, that that's a 
a belief system that we've learned from somewhere along the road. Like it, it like we have to kind of look at like, you know, is it actually true that we need food to reward ourselves? And then you kind of look at, you know, what are you wanting the food to do? It's like, we're, we're just wanting the food to feel relax relaxation or like we want, like, what are you wanting from the food? It's like, what emotion are you wanting? It's like, we're wanting relaxation. Maybe we want to feel accomplished. And then I just think of other ways that can help to create that. And it could just be as simple as, you know, bragging about yourself to your partner or your loved ones or your family, like um, sharing what you did to other people. I'm going to make a post about this, but there are like five ways I have in my mind. But it's basically like, yeah, sharing with other people what your success is going somewhere, like walking somewhere that you feel relaxed, like you enjoy. Like I like going to the beach or just like outside or going to a nice park. Um, And then also just something as simple as like moving your body, dancing um, and just anything that you could think of that's like giving you joy that doesn't require food. Because the thing is, food isn't the only source. Like we could find joy in so many ways. And when you take food out as an option, your your brain kind of expands and is able to find joy in so many different ways that you could think of. Totally. Yeah. Like what I hear you saying, like, is what we talk about, like when we talk about like filling up our own cup, you know, mm-hmm. like maybe just leaning more towards food would be like, almost like, like I have a work addiction. So it's like very easy for me to get lost in work. You know, like it's mm-hmm. my jam. Like I used to love it. That's how I felt successful, thriving when like in reality, I was totally burnt out. So I'm like relating to this on a different level, but it's making a lot of sense to me, like getting present, talking to people, walking and just getting out of that, like kind of hustle mentality. It's like a quick fix, you know, when you're leaning towards things like that. Right. Especially a lot of ambitious women, we, we associate achievement with worthiness and value. And so it makes sense. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm also a workaholic too. Like I, and workaholic, like, I mean, my mom, has worked a lot. It's been kind of ingrained in me, like this conditioning that working hard, it means you're like this kind of person, like you're more worthy. So it's, it's also a matter of recognizing that, you know, like, is that necessarily true that, that if we work that that's associated with our sense of worthiness, like our value, you know, which can be tricky because I know there's a lot of conditioning around that. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's such a great conversation, though. It's like we are so much more than just the work, you know, even the podcast, the spillover effect, like impacting people. Of course, that's what we do. That's why we love it. You know, like how you work with your clients. But yeah, it's it's so much more like, you know, I think even just a personal journey that you've been able to describe to us today, it's like that's really why we do this, you know, like it's really about growth. Um, so you can't really be in my humble opinion. I don't know if you can be an entrepreneur if you're not willing to grow, right? Like you kind of, mm-hmm. they kind of go hand in hand, which absolutely comes down to like overcoming any of these beliefs, right? Cause like the food is also just a belief, how you said, it's really like just our brains. So yeah, it's, it's good to hear people talking about food like this, talking about the mindset shift and how much you were basically able to like boil it down for us of 
what could actually be going on, you know, when we're reaching for that candy bar or even just maybe like over consuming, which I thought was another really great point, which I don't always think about, you know? Right. It's so much easier said than done. Like, even if we know it's in our mind, the number one thing that entrepreneurs go to me with is like, I know that I shouldn't be overeating this, or I know I shouldn't be doing that. So, so why do I keep turning to food, even though I don't need it? And, and the truth is partially too, a lot of it can even start with childhood. Like a lot of it is like how much we're learning about fulfilling our needs that weren't met when we were young. And it's just, it can be so deeply rooted even from back then. So it's kind of like, from a young age, if we if our caregivers haven't allowed us to express ourselves emotionally or they haven't taught us how to soothe our emotions in a healthy way, we do look for external ways to do it. Um, so so ambitious women tend to look externally for um, for a sense of approval or achievement. And so a big part of it is if you don't want to turn to food for those reasons, it's like a big part of it is like learning how to validate yourself and just being proud of yourself and and how much and acknowledging yourself rather than depending so much on things outside of you to feel better. So so that's a big part of the work, too. Um, yes. Yeah, not relying on the external things, which the external things are a lot easier, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like even when you talk about like talking or walking, like that's definitely external as well. I'm sure that's more like we were saying to get back into the present, but what does it look like when you work with a client and they're really having this, like, like I'm currently on this self-love journey, right? Like it's, it's really damn hard. Like like, every day, you're like Mm -hmm. dedicating time towards it. Honestly, on some level, every minute. You know, like, let's be honest, it has to be like consistent like that. But I'd love to know, like, what have your clients or what have you seen in your own thoughts that have shifted so much? You know, like a lot of us are coming with this, for lack of a better word, like negative baggage of just Mm -hmm. thought loops, you know, that we sometimes can't get off of. I was on with a client this morning and she was just describing this to me, how she feels like she needs to purchase the next course. Like when you're talking about ambition entrepreneurs, it's like, where can I find more things, you know, to add to my bucket when I'm like, but the bucket's already full, you know? So, um, <laughs> like, I would love to know what that looks like, you know, cause the external is so easy. Like you said. Right. Right. And yeah, the internal work is way harder. It's like, uh, kudos to you for going on that self-love journey. I feel like I've been on that, but like, but like, it's just ongoing. I feel like, I don't know if I'll ever arrive any place. I just feel like there's always a new opportunity, opportunity to love myself. I'm like, oh, geez. Um, but I, I feel like the biggest part of it is being able to have compassion and mm. compassion is not like, like people often entrepreneurs always tell me like, oh, if I'm compassionate, then I'm just like never going to work anymore. And I'm just going to be lazy for the rest of my life. But, but really what compassion is, is it's be able, it's just being able to see, like, if you're judging yourself, if you're having negative self-talk, it's just being able to, to talk to yourself in a way that is accepting of your current situation. Like just being accepting and present of how you're honestly feeling without trying to change it. Just, just embracing the imperfection, just embracing what's going on right now in reality, like not trying to change it or fix it, just acknowledging, Hey, I feel pretty pretty terrible right now. Like this feels horrible and and giving yourself that space to allow yourself to feel like that. And then when you acknowledge you're feeling that way, the compassion part helps to come in because it's just like being able to experience suffering, but 
in a way that's not so hard, basically. So, so talking to yourself in a way, like, I guess the basic way of saying it is like talking to yourself as if like, how you talk to a friend or a loved one or my, a pet, like I have two cats. So how I talk to my cat, um, but yeah, talking to yourself in that way. So that's one piece of it. And then the next, like, like, it's okay to feel like this. It's okay that you're human and that this happened. Like it, it doesn't mean anything's actually wrong with you. And then the next piece of that is curiosity. So, so just being curious without any judgment, just, just asking yourself, like, what, what happened, like, to trigger this, um, and, and just trying to learn more about it without, yeah, being hard on yourself, basically. Yeah, yeah I love how you mentioned, like, the hard I think that that's like the perfectionism side of most of us, but like a lot of people don't even identify as perfectionists, you know, but we all tend to be on some level. So that's where that, like, at least in my sense and like when speaking with my clients, it's like, oh, we haven't done something in a perfect way or we made a mistake, right? Or we made a misstep or someone just might be unhappy, right? But we're like taking that personally, a lot of our listeners tend to be highly sensitive as well. So it kind of goes hand in hand, like we can be really hurt. And then we tend to go down these thought loops. So it's great to hear you saying and walking us through the process of really just getting present, sitting with that emotion, and then just staying tender. And I love how you mentioned the curiosity part of it too, because I think so many healers and people that work on this completely eliminate that part of it. But getting curious with yourself is actually super fun. You know, like yeah. you get to learn so much about yourself you never knew, you know? Right, right. It, it, it is really just creating that relationship with yourself where you, you have more of a, like a partnership with yourself. Like you're really, you're not, like you're, you're, you're willing to accept yourself as a human being and you're, you're being that person who's supportive of yourself. Um, uh, we really have to learn in our brain. It's kind of like, we're so good at being a critic, but it's like kind of learning about how to switch the the voice to being more of an inner nurturer rather than an inner critic and, and building that voice definitely takes time. But, um, but eventually that, that inner critic could be a lot more loving when, when you, are consistent enough with it, but, it, but yeah, it could take a, a lot of practice. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Totally. Like, especially around the holidays and stuff, just for our listeners, we're like coming right off of Christmas and like new year's break when we're recording this, it's the third. So like, you know, anything that happens over the holidays can be like extremely triggering for us. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I'm sensitive, just people in general, like it's a lot. <laughs> so like, I'm sure if you're not, Exactly. Like I'm like thinking about myself, like life hit me, you know, over these past two weeks, but that tends to happen. And then it can throw us back into these habits. Like I was really on my journey, doing my mirror work, staying present. And maybe I fell off over the holidays, which I sure did because again, I'm human. Like I could have woke up this morning and been like, oh, you know, we handled this situation badly because we didn't meditate or whatever. But it's really just more about getting back on that horse, how you said, and just like 
getting the consistency and leaning towards the nurturing side. I love that idea of like turning your inner critic to a nurturer. I think a lot of therapists talk about that, but they call it like parenting yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. parenting your inner child. But Mm -hmm. I like this idea of nurturing because the inner child piece is sometimes difficult to connect with when Mm -hmm. you're operating, you know, like at a social level, like you can't all of a sudden just be like, inner me, I'm so sorry, like drop back down. So I like that idea of like staying like on the same plane, but just having that nurturing sense rather than having to go all the way back, you know, to your childhood, like in an instant and kind of pick up on that right away. Right, right. You don't, you don't always have to go there. Um, Sometimes it could be healing to do that. But but yeah, sometimes if you're just sort of in the present moment, like it, like you don't need to, but I feel like that's what will help you, especially be more resilient. Cause mm. what would happen with my weight loss clients is if they messed up, like on how they ate, like if they overate or ate too many cookies or chocolate one day, um, the person who succeeds is the person who's able to look at what happened and, um, nurture themselves, like talk to themselves in a nurturing way and then learn from it and then move on. Um, but the person who isn't really able to lose weight successfully is the one who who dwells in there, who stays in the thought loops, who who just keeps personalizing it. And your ability to talk to your to to nurture yourself, because I thought this for a long time, it's not a sign of weakness, but it's actually a sign of resilience and it's able to help you get stronger. But I have to do a lot of work on that of like, oh, compassion is weakness. Compassion is like, you know, it's it's for um, you know, and it's indulgent. It's for people who, you know, care about their feelings too much. I had so much judgment about it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we can all relate to that too, because like we're the sensitives. So like, we totally get it. It's like your whole life been told that you shouldn't feel that way or like, Mm -hmm. you know, and then we all just start to believe it. So we take on that belief. Then we tell others that. And it's like, we don't even believe that, you know, like where did this thought even come from? But we as society have totally created that. It's like compassion is weakness, you know, hundred percent. Right. I'm glad I'm not the only one going through that. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm very emotional. Like that's part of why I was an emotional eater because it's like when you know you have a lot of emotion and energy, like I would just turn to food because I'm like, I have so much emotion. How can I just turn this off like right now? You know, (laughs) I'm a very like high energy emotional person. It's so funny because my husband's like the exact opposite of me. He's very like calm and like he's very soothing. He's literally like, the perfect balance for me. I love that. You need that, you know, like we need a yin to our yang. (laughs) Like I am the same way. I am crazy. Like I'm flying off the handles at all times. My boyfriend's like, bring it in. You know, he's like, we've got it. (laughs) We're okay. Like ground me. So we're the same way, you know, and like a, a lot of our listeners feel the same way too. It's like, we're operating at this very high vibrational level. And on some level, you know, people would debate, like, you have to have that to be an entrepreneur. I completely Mm. disagree. You know, I think at all levels, it can be successful. But um, of course, it's helpful when we can stay in that energy, but still be nurturing, you know, like, I think that that's, that's really where the good stuff is, is when you can still operate on that high level and, you know, bring in this calm side. Right. It is 
it is actually just non-negotiable for me because I just learned if I'm always operating on that high energy side, like I will just crash. Like I will burn out. Like that's why I was stress eating as a nurse. I was just always go, go, go. I never took breaks. Um, it was my badge of honor to not take breaks and blah, blah. And, but when I did that, it felt horrible. Like even people who are high energy also need to recover. And so having some space and time for yourself to, to nurture yourself and to have self-care and um, to kind of give your brain a break. It, it's really like necessary to, to operate as an entrepreneur. Yeah, I completely agree. And even in some level, like what I'm experiencing for myself is like operate in society. Like I, if I don't take care of myself, I very quickly end up showing up in relationships, whether that be like me meeting someone at the grocery store or like talking with my mom on the phone, like relationships on all level. I'm not present. So I'm not catering to that relationship the way I want to, or maybe I'm saying something that like, I didn't mean, you know? So yeah, I think for me, it's, it was the same way. Like I knew that I couldn't continue at the level that I was like, our listeners also know this, but I also had like high blood pressure, Mm. like similar to your blood and what we were talking about too. It's so interesting that it's kind of like falling in alignment like that, but you know, literally mind blown, but it was like, I was so sick and I knew I was just going to get sicker. So I had to make like health decisions based off of my meditation and like really staying present because I was with my PTSD, like living outside of my body. Mm. So that's why I think a lot of the blood pressure was so high too, you know? Right. Right. That sounds like so much that you went through. I mean, that's, that's amazing. Like how much growth you've had. I mean, I, I just working with clients who had trauma, like, I know that that's like hard. Yeah. I'm so lucky. Like, that's why I love what you're doing. Like we cannot do this alone. You know, like, I think it's so important that we have coaches support, like even in my household, like my, my boyfriend's so supportive. And then I have my little puppy Bailey, like how you have your kittens and your cats. Like it's so important to just have beings around you that like believe in you and see you, you know, for who you are, like as you're on this journey. And I think, you know, for all of our listeners, I always say this too, like anytime you can have a coach, you should absolutely get one. You know, if you can afford it, it's worth every single penny. Like without my coaches, I definitely wouldn't be where I am today. Like even with my business, cause it really just impacts everything, you know? Right. Right. Cause even I see this all the time in coaching. Cause even if you know all the tools, even if you know about mindset, sometimes you could be so in your head that you just, it could be really hard to get out of it. And honestly, when you're in that space, it could lead to like, mental issues like it could lead to psychiatric issues down the road that could be diagnosed like like depression or anxiety like if it's not attended to it could lead to that and having a coach is really helpful because sometimes when you want to just stay in like a negative thought spiral or you just want to stay in that like um it could be so hard to get your own self out of that yeah Um, really hard i call it the vortex of doom but yeah it could be really hard (laughs) <laughs> I'm writing that down. I love that vortex. <laughs> yeah, that is. Like, oh, I'm in the vortex of doom. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, because you're like, and I think it's also, which I would love to know your opinion on this. And then I know we're like coming up to wrapping up, but um, like I was just having this conversation with a client earlier too. The more you know about healing and like the more you become awakened, we might say enlightened, however you want to define it, like the more knowledge you have at times, I think getting off of that track is like, even more difficult because you start to align like, oh, like how I said earlier, like I didn't meditate. I didn't do my breath work. And it can become, especially as perfectionists, this place of shame and guilt, like within the healing, which Mm -hmm. is not what we want. So I'd love to know, like, if you've ever experienced that, I know for me, I absolutely have. And like what you, if you have any advice about how to combat that, you know, when you're on your journey. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I've gone through this a lot myself. Um, I think especially as uh, like when you're aware of what's going on in your mind, I, I feel like we tend to use that against us. We're kind of just like, oh, well, I knew like I had this awareness, but I still didn't do something. So therefore, something's wrong with me because sometimes having that heightened awareness, <laughs> it could be like a double edged sword. It's kind of like it's like, oh, dang. OK, I know that I had this thought. And like, sometimes if you choose not to do anything about it, then it could feel kind of like guilty, like, oh, okay, well, look at you. You're just not going to do nothing about it. You know, so yeah, um, it, totally. it could be hard. So, so it's really like a matter of being able to zoom out a bit and just being able to like going back to still accepting like you're, you're human, like at the end of the day, no matter how woke you are <laughs> or yeah. how enlightened you are, like at the end of the day we still can have human tendencies and we we could sort of relieve some pressure off and just accept that no, there really is no such thing as perfection. Like there really is no perfect being who never takes days off or who never, um, I don't know, who, who never has failures or things like that. Yeah. Um, and, and the more accepting you are that you're just, you know, you're human and you have imperfections. Uh, I think it just helps to release some, shame around that. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, that's really like the cusp of, or like the, the siphon, right. Of like all of these emotions kind of dribbling down. It kind of leads to this like shame, guilty feeling, which can, I'm sure like spark those thought loops. One thing that I heard, which I thought was a great analogy was like when animals fight or like when they have a disruption in their day, they don't like shut their emotions down. You know, they might still like freak out or like fight. Right. And then right after you'll see them do this like physical shake. And mm. I never thought about this before. But, like my puppy does it all the time. She like physically shakes it off. Right. Oh. And I was like, that's so interesting. Like if we would still physically shake it off, like how you talked about the dancing or even like mentally, like just give ourselves a shake, like it's okay just shake it off. It's not a big deal. I just think that that would be like such more productive way, but it's like, now we're going back to like animal instincts. So we kind <laughs> of need to know like all of these pieces, it can be so complicated, you know? Right. Right. But I like what you said though. It's true though. Like your physiology does uh, impact your thoughts and, and something that is really helpful, which I learned from Tony Robbins and other coaches is really like, if, if you, even just your posture, if you have a slouch posture and you just kind of sitting up could help you feel better really instantly or because because it's kind of like 
your your thoughts are triggered when just from your own body's movement. So so even just moving and doing something different in a time that normally maybe you're depressed or you're not feeling good, just like moving and shaking that energy or um, just sitting up upright, like can help cue your brain of like, oh, we're, we're okay. We're not in a depressed state. Yeah. We're, we're like, all right, right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. Just like physically pulling yourself out of it or like smiling sometimes helps like there are ways that we can pull on this. Like if you're not able to get out for a walk or if you're not able to talk to somebody, you know, how can you use these small little tools? So I love that. Thank you so much for your time. And can you tell us what you offer and how our listeners can get in touch with you? So I basically help any woman entrepreneur who wants to feel in control around sugar cravings and wants to lose weight permanently, um, especially women who are really successful at what they do. But for some reason, the food is just that one thing that's nagging in the way and they don't know why. Um, uh, I offer a free impulse mastery strategy session just to help us walk through like um, what's in your way. Maybe what are the mindset blocks that are keeping you stuck and how to overcome them. And um, and then also just a free guide to impulse mastery, like just, just sort of a quick start guide of learning how to feel in control around sugar um, you could also download that for free if you want to learn how to start managing your cravings uh, right now. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And all the links um, will be in the bio in the show notes below. So if you guys are multitasking, screenshot that, come hang out with us on Instagram. You guys can check out our handles below. Um, we will be there if you have any questions as well. I hope that that's okay. If any listeners DM you, if anything comes up. I'm sure they will, because I know a lot of us can relate to this. So yeah, is there anything else you want to leave us with for today? Just, just I think learning how, how to be in your body and accept yourself in your current situation, like just being in acceptance is the quickest way to get out of shame. Just kind of like, oh, let me just be where I am. Like, let me just um, accept what's going on now. And then asking yourself, what's the next best decision? Um, to move forward can help you not stay stuck somewhere. Oh my gosh. I love that. I hope you guys are taking notes. If not, then go back and re-listen to this episode because it was very juicy. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so much for coming on. And yeah, thank you. Well, thanks for having me. It was so much fun. I appreciate it. So fun. Thank you so much for listening to the end in mind. I would like to remind you all, if you haven't yet reached out to me on Instagram, we are at Meraki underscore media underscore management. It will be in our show notes as well. If you would like to reach out to me, we always offer free coaching through Instagram based around our Instagram training and our business Instagram practices. If you need any type of support, please do not hesitate to reach out to me there. And we also offer several different types of consulting and training packages if you're looking for a little bit more in-depth tips. So thank you all for listening in. And of course, I want you all to keep the end in mind as you continue with your day and or work week. Have a great week and I will see you all next time.